Welcome to today's episode of Tuesday's Tips in our podcast show. Today we have the privilege of having in studio Jason Johnson, the CEO and founder of Project Canine Hero. Their mission is to protect our retired canines, protect our families, our communities, and America. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey guys, Dave Markowitz here, part of the Dave Anetta Real Estate team and today's podcast of Tuesday's Tips. And I am excited to have this guest on our show today because it's something that is near and dear to my heart and that is about animals, particular dogs. And I have Jason Johnson here. Hey Jason, how you doing today? I'm doing great, sir. Thank you for having me. Uh, my pleasure. So just to give you a little bit of how I met Jason. He was connected through me through one of my LinkedIn uh, connections, Aaron Nicole, and that's how we met. And once I found out what Jason does, I was like taken back. So Jason is the CEO and founder of Project Canine Hero, and their mission, and Jason will get into it, is pretty much to help military dogs, police dogs, after they retire, find them a home, sustain them. Um, Because what most people don't know is after these type of dogs retire, they lose their benefits. So he has come up with a phenomenal way to help these animals. And I'm so excited. But before I even get in, you have a really long list of resume of your accomplishments. So you're an Army veteran, which I want to thank you for your service because that's, you know, amazing. Uh, You have a master's degree in security management. That's correct. Um, You... We're working for the ATF. Uh, you, I'm just going through my list here, Department of Homeland Security. And you even, you write books for kids, which is amazing. And you're a professor too at, at uh, colleges. So you yep. have a, a phenomenal resume here um, to stand behind what you do. So tell us a little bit of how you got started and what this is all about. Sure. So uh, like you kind of alluded to, I started in 1993 in the Army did five years as military police, got out, did 10 years as a civilian police officer. I worked as a canine handler and a canine trainer, SWAT operator. And I had an opportunity to go overseas, served a couple of tours in Iraq and one in Afghanistan with the U.S. government protecting the U.S. ambassador on down. Wow. Uh, sometimes the, the high office is up as the president of the secretary of state as well. And then I went back to ATF to be an instructor, spent six years there. Uh, during that time, which was from about 2010 to 2015, had an opportunity to instruct a lot of uh, police canines and military working dogs from all different agencies like the FBI, the CIA, the ATF, the U.S. Marshals, every branch of military service. And I uh, really got a lot of hands-on experience with them. We're talking almost 2,000 dogs during that period. Uh, from there, I went on to Homeland Security, became a field canine coordinator to help with the dogs, which you see in the airports who sniff for explosives. Until about 2016, and uh, I really decided that these dogs that I've worked with my entire career weren't getting the help they needed when they get out of service, that there was no one there to help them with their medical care once they retired. And a lot of times the handler does keep the dog. That's kind of a misconception. People think, well, doesn't the handler keep the dog? Well, a lot of times they do, probably almost 90%. But that doesn't mean that a soldier, a police officer, or a federal employee has the money to pay for the care. And what I've seen in the government and the military is we'll work them right up to the point where they can no longer physically do their job no more. And then we'll retire them, leaving all financial responsibility on the owner. So we're here to change that at Project Canine Hero. We're here to 
uh, have our nonprofit be a resource they can reach out to to say, hey, if the bill's too much for me, if it's a special need or financial burden, this nonprofit organization can raise money and pay my bills for me. What's what sparked that idea? Because that's such a genuine idea. And I would have thought we're in 2020 that somebody would have come up with with this years ago because there's the pet industry is so huge. People love animals. Why hasn't this been brought up before? We know we've worked with Congress and we're continuing to work with Congress. We came up with the Canine Hero Act with them. It's an act to take federal funding to put into nonprofits to help pay medical bills. But throughout the years, they were fighting for just dogs to be uh, retired and not you know, euthanized, going back from the Vietnam era. Most recently, they were fighting for dogs to be able to stay with their partner and not be you know, adopted out somewhere. And so it's kind of been a progression of things up until this point, and now we're helping fight for the medical care. And you know, every, every time we win a little battle, we, we look for a little bit more. So what really got me started was my career. You know, I started in 93, this is my 27th year. I've never done anything else in what we talked about, police, military, and government. Wow. Um, you know, working with uh, the canines, it just gives you a great appreciation for the lives they saved and what they can do. And, you know, at one time in the government, I would be a person you would come to and say, hey, I went to the veterinarian and we, we talked to the doctor and we think it's time to retire, you know, this my, my canine partner because maybe it has a, a leg condition or a hip condition. And we would, I would be the person to take it out of service and, you know, uh, have them sign a waiver, a hold harmless for the government. But at that moment, when that dog needed our help the most with medical care, that's when the government left them behind. And that's when they took them out of financial care. And I didn't feel that was right. So starting the Project Canine Hero Foundation was something that was a kind of a, a dream of mine, a passion of mine. And now going into a year four, we're doing amazing things with dogs in 35 countries. We, we just hit over 100 program members. We um, working with Congress with HR 5081, the Canine Hero Act. We're working on building our rehab rehoming facility in 177 acres we purchased in Tennessee where we can adopt in canines, uh, get them rehabilitated, go into homes like maybe someone of yourself, adoption cabins out there where the families can come stay and get to know the dogs a little bit. So we're working on things at such a great level that makes me so proud that I haven't seen other organizations work on before. And, and, and be able to do that, we're taking in money, we're able to help significantly. Today we paid a bill out in uh, Yuma, Arizona for Marine Corps uh, Specialized Search Dog Saver. We haven't, I haven't even posted on our social media yet. I just got the bill right before this uh, call. I think it was $3,100. Now that Marine's still active duty. He's an active duty canine instructor there. And as an active duty military working dog instructor, he cannot make any more money than what he makes. He's, he's kind of, you know, he gets a base pay and that's all he gets. So $3,100 for an enlisted Marine is a lot of money. Absolutely. He, and I'm proud that we are able to step in today and pay that bill at 100%. So I think that's where most people see, don't see the disconnect, that someone who's been in the service, they get an X amount of pay after they retire. And how do you expect that person to all of a sudden get these extra bills, God forbid something happens to their dog that they've been taken care of, and who's responsible for it? And so you're the source of where they reach out. Now, these, these people that have the dogs, the handlers or whatnot, how do they find you? How do they know about you besides going to social media as we will get to later for you, but how would they be in contact with you? Who, who gives them that lead that you're the guy that can help them with that issue? Well, we, we've had great word of mouth through all the branches of services and the police canine community. I've taught as an instructor internationally and nationally at all, a lot of the seminars where we talk about it. We travel, we set up booths at these type of events. We set up booths at other areas to let people know what we're doing. 
have a children's book out called Canine Flash Becomes a Hero, which is about my first partner, Flash, who went on to be the American Humane Hero Dog of the Year, the Law Enforcement Dog of the Year in 2018. And that's brought a lot of awareness to what we do. But ultimately, if, if someone out there is listening and they, they know of a soldier, they know of a police officer or someone who served in military law enforcement and needs our help, then go to our website, it's projectk9hero.org. And at the bottom of the page, we have a program application link. On there, you'll also see an adoption application link and a series of questions that we vet out. Now, keep in mind with 100 program members, we have over 125 applications in waiting. And that's the hardest part, to triage which ones we can help the most. Because if we simply tried to help every dog that came to us, we would be out of money quickly. So that's probably the hardest thing as a nonprofit leader is to make sure we're raising enough funds to, to take care of these heroes and we're treating as many as we can. How can we help you raise funds for your project then? What do we need to do as citizens and get the word out? Where do you, where do you recommend? And tell us who your donors are in terms of what kind of donor are you looking for? Yeah. A small mom pop, a big corporation, get into that a little bit with us. For sure. So from the small end, one could simply follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, at Project Canine Hero. I'm LinkedIn at Jason Johnson, their Project Canine Hero. We post on there two, three times a day of all the great things we're doing. And just if you didn't have any money, simply share. Simply share our post. Simply share our mission or our passion. Uh, for the smaller amount, too, you can get on our website at projectk9hero.org. Hit our shop. We have all kinds of apparel dog leashes, collars, challenge coins, hats, tumblers, you name it. We have about over 50 products on there that one can get on there and donate a small amount to from anywhere from $5 to $55. It takes up home with our brand on it and still give back to uh, the working dogs and military and police dogs that we, that we help. And then from a large aspect, we have a capital campaign link. And on there, if you're a corporate owner, if you're a business owner, you can go on there and see the rehab re rehabilitation uh, rehoming center that we're trying to build out in Tennessee. we got a nice video on there and you can kind of see what we're doing and reach out to us about becoming a sponsor. We're looking for sponsors from $5,000 to a million dollars who want to put their name on an entire kennel building, which will be 14 different, you know, kennels, short-term and long-term stay. So we're looking for business sponsorships and corporate partnerships at all level. Uh, if you check out our annual report, which is the top page of our homepage, You'll see on there we have over 80 corporate sponsors and partners right now and over 20 nonprofits that we work with. So I'm very proud of that. This year, I want to take it to over 100. We've already got some new ones going. But I think the real key to spreading the awareness is the partnerships, whether that be individual partnerships with uh, people like yourself or whether that be a corporate partnership with a, a great big company that, you know, helps in the pet industry or the hunting industry or the sporting industry. It doesn't really matter if they want to get involved and give me back to a nonprofit. If they if they care about police, if they care about military, and they like dogs, and we're a perfect perfect organization for them to reach out to. The type of dogs that you are that are being retired, and I always used to think it was this, you know it was just German shepherds, uh, but it's not. It's a variety of dogs, correct? And can you get yeah. into a little bit more about? Because I don't think people they all, they always think oh it's you know police dogs are usually German shepherds. Mm -hmm. that there's a variety out there who, who do different tasks. Yeah, so if you went to our website and clicked on Canine Heroes, you'll see a drop-down link and you'll see different regions. We have dogs in 35 states. So I'll just go through a few of the unique ones. In Florida, we have Canine Amber, a, a bloodhound, who is a search and rescue dog, who won the Governor's Award one year. And uh, as a bloodhound, she would go out and find Alzheimer's patients and missing children. 
elderly disoriented people and wow. she would locate them if they wandered off you know got in the woods uh subsequently she lost vision in both of her eyes from tracking through the brush uh, she was in seminole county florida and is now blind we, we pay her bills at 100 percent you go up to ohio uh, look at canine adler who worked at the john glenn airport explosive detection dog he's a german short-haired pointer sporting breed spotted uh, worked in explosive detection um you take uh, canine flash who was our national ambassador she was a mutt she was a mixed breed uh, rescued from a pound who was a day away from being euthanized before she got into the police business of course we've got our german shepherds like axel who uh recently passed away you know he's a he's your purebred german shepherd worked for the atf srt we got belgian malinois like marco who worked for the dod police and you know he's down in san antonio and we got a lot of different things in between. Uh, of course, your Labrador retrievers are very popular. We have quite a few labs. Saber, who we helped today, was a black lab. Wow. You check out Jake in Chicago. You can um, check out um, some of the yellow labs. We got Nikki out in the St. Louis area, yellow lab. So we even got a uh, golden retriever in Chicago who worked at uh, Midway Airport, um, BART. So there, there's a variety of breeds out there that uh, work in the police and the military um, aspect. So, it, you know, we're trying to be diverse. We have search and rescue dogs. I'd like to say congratulations to Canine Remington. Uh, this year was voted the search and rescue dog of the year by the American Humane. And uh, he's wow. currently up for the uh, hero dog of the year, which is gonna be aired on the Hallmark Channel. I don't have the day off the top of my head, but I think it's gonna be sometime in the next month on the Hallmark Channel, Hero Dog Awards. Um, so Remington has a chance to win it all. Search and rescue dog of the year. Last year, Jaeger, a black lab out of Cary, North Carolina, was our military working dog of the year, was also in our program. Wow. And of course, two years ago, we had Flash, our law enforcement dog of the year. So we won it three years in a row in different categories, and we're very proud of that. So folks, what, J what Jason's saying is, you know, if you want to get involved, you don't have to necessarily get a larger dog, uh, specifically a German Shepherd. There's a variety. So if you like a different mix, whatnot, there's plenty of animals and specifically dogs who need that help. So don't think you're fitting in a box that you just want a German Shepherd. What Jason's saying is there's plenty of different breeds out there and, you know, there's different breeds that you guys can go out and help. So now I want to get into a little bit more about your, your compound or your farm where you're setting up this, this phenomenal thing, as I'm understanding, where you connect people together, people come out to your farm and they can kind of learn about the dogs and you kind of vet the people and the dogs at the same time and make sure they're all, you know, a good fit for each other. So get yes. into that, because I think that is, that is just amazing. It's very unique what we're doing. Uh, so not every police canine gets to stay with their handler. Maybe they're going on to a new career. Maybe they have special needs kids at home that they can't just leave the dog at home. Maybe they're going on to a new position at work. Sometimes it just so happens that we get so many calls a year that a police dog needs to be rehomed. Okay. And right now we don't have a facility for them to go to. So we're building this rehab rehoming facility. We have plenty of adoption applications and people, we, we probably have hundreds of people who want to adopt. Today, we don't have any dogs for adoption. We have plenty that need to be helped with medical care. So I would always urge somebody to donate or buy an item off the store. People are like, I want to help by adopting. We don't have any today, but when they do come up, which is several times a year, a dozen up to 20 times a year, we get these opportunities. We'll get them to our facility in Tennessee. Once we have it built, they can, if we vet out the right owner, they'll be welcome to come stay at the adoption cabins on us. And like you said, we'll see the interaction with the family. The, the dog will get to stay in there with them. Is this the right fit, not only for the dog, but for the family before right. we send them home to their forever home? So that, that's a phenomenal thing. You also, going back to um, raising money and whatnot, so one of the ways, as you mentioned, is by 
products. So you have a whole shop on your website and actually have gear from you. Thank you very much. It's, it's amazing. And I see you're wearing the REDD shirt, the red shirt. Um, and so guys, you can go to that, that site and purchase items. And that also helps Jason out in terms of, you know, helping these animals out. And he's got a full line of items. And I have to say, since I got some of them, the quality is great. So it's not cheap stuff. And, um, you know, he really puts, it, Jason's really putting the full package together here besides, you know, helping the dogs. It's the marketing, it's everything, building this brand of Project Canine Hero, and which I think is going a long way. Um, I do want to get into your book writing because I think you're teaching kids as you're going and reading these books, the value of, you know, helping dogs out down the road and just, Kindness. I want you to get into that and how you got started into that because that's really unique. So my first book I wrote in 2016, the year we we started Project Canine Heroes, called Canine Flash Becomes a Hero. My inspiration, my police canine, who I got back in retirement, who needed a home, who um, went from a street puppy, like I said, a day away from being euthanized, wow. to having a chance to become a police dog, and then having 3,000 deployments, 2,200 fines, just an amazing career, and it goes on to inspire me to start this. And the, the premise of that book is to teach children is that no matter where you come from, no matter where you start from, you can achieve anything in the world that you dream of as long as you're willing to work hard enough to earn it. And that's what Flash did. So that was my first book, which takes from 2016 up until the point about came out in 2017. And I quit my government job to take a risk to run this organization full time. And we made $50,000 donations in 2016 when I was in government. Well, in 17, we made $500,000 in donations, 1.4 the year before. And last year in 2019, we we're just over 2 million. So we continue to hope that to grow. And with that, we've taken in over 100 dogs in the program now. So the new book that I'm writing comes out, uh, hopefully it's going to be up by Christmas. I'm, I'm finishing the editing now and I'm getting, we have an artist. Uh, Carrie Wiley, who does all of the watercolor paintings. I've been posting some of those. I know some people have been seeing some of the new book paintings going in there, but this one's called Canine Flash, A Hero's Hero. And the real premise of this one is, is that these all these other dogs we're helping, like Axel, like Adler, like Amber, like Marco, the ones I named, uh, Canine Flash is their hero, that she you know, started this organization to give back to them. Amazing. It takes a journey from when we started teaching the kids about that story and then some of the dogs that we put in along the way, what were their background was, what was their special needs, why did they need help in retirement? And it goes on to meet all them and it takes us up all the way to the end of uh, May 13th last year when Flash passed away and kind of passes the torch on the canine Axel who took over as our ambassador who recently just passed away a few, uh, a few weeks ago. And uh, our, my third book, which will probably come out hopefully in a year or two, what we call Canine Axel goes to Congress. And that will talk about HR 5081, the Canine Hero Act, which we have in, in the, on the House floor right now. And hopefully by the time I write that, I'm waiting for real life to play out. I'm right. kind of hoping that that gets passed as a law and we take it, you know, all the way through completion. How, how are you getting the message out for that, Bill? Um, because that is, I think, really, really important. What, how can we help you on that as well? Yep. So if you go to our website at projectk9hero.org, you'll see Canine Hero Act. When you click on there, uh, we have, uh, direct links to where you can go read the bill. You can see what uh, representatives are currently sponsoring us. Uh, you can get some examples of how you can reach out to your representative, whether it be in Congress or the Senate. And we have some templates in there 
where you can kind of tell them why is that important to you and why they should support it. I think you took a major, as I'm listening to your story, you took a major chance of you had phenomenal jobs all the way through, you know, in service and then getting what and not. And then you said, oh, I'm stopping my two week paycheck as, you know, people have to get paychecks. Mm -hmm. And you decided to be this entrepreneur. And I think the chance you took is great because the message and what you're offering is fantastic. But that takes a lot of, uh, you know, yeah, a, a lot of people definitely call me crazy. I was uh, fairly high up in the U.S. government, right. very comfortable job, very comfortable retirement, uh, and, you know, pretty much could just stayed right there and done that the rest of my life. But, you know, that's not me. If you look at my entire background of all the things I've done and the risks I've taken, um, that's not how I operate. Uh, I'm, I'm out here to change the world. I'm out here to make the world a better place. I felt staying in the government, I was just, I was just doing a job, and they were just going to use me to keep teaching classes right. and do that job. And you know, that's a great honorable job. Do not Absolutely. get me wrong. However, what we're doing here with Project Canine Heroes on a totally different level. We're changing the way police canines and military working dogs are looked upon in retirement. Uh, I'm in a position now to go to agencies and help them change policy. We're in Congress in deep Washington, D.C. to help change policy. And those are the things that I want to do. Those are the types of things how I want to inspire people to become better at what they do or to take that risk or follow their passion. I want people to understand that, you know, when a dog, and I have two rescues of my own and, you know, have had dogs all my life, but when a dog gets sick or needs help, it's very, very costly. And people that don't own dogs, they don't get it. They don't understand. Can you give us a little bit about what is, let's say a dog has to go in for surgery or whatnot or cost, or I know you had a, a number of what it takes to maintain an animal after retirement. Can you get into some of those numbers so people can understand why you need donations here? Sure. I'll just start giving some examples of our actual program members. Uh, K-9 Remington, uh, our search and rescue dog of the year, worked for Navasota Fire Department out there. Uh, when that application come in, they thought maybe he had an ACL tear. He was limping. Uh, maybe he needed a ligament surgery. They took him to Texas A&M uh, uh, after uh, we put him in the program and we committed to help him pay for that ACL. It turned out it was not an ACL ligament issue at all. It was a tumor in his spine, a cancerous oh, tumor in his wow. spine that required a surgery that removed his back leg. And um, that tumor has since been removed. Um, also, the leg's been removed. It's been well over a year. Uh, he's not showing any more signs of the cancer, and he's out there living a good, healthy life. He was only nine, 10 years old, so he still had a few good years to live. We probably invested over $20,000 in the canine Remington to keep him alive and well to enjoy his retirement. The initial surgery was about 10 grand. Then you start getting into having a knee brace, follow-ups, medications, x-rays, additional testing. So we're about $20,000 or so into that dog in particular. Let's talk about canine Axel, our national ambassador who lived with us and traveled as our, as our, as our group and did our events with us. When he, he served with the ATF uh, Special Response Team Team 1 out of Detroit. He did 200 high-risk missions in his career, seeking out the most dangerous bad guys. If anyone knows what the ATF SWAT team is, when they're coming to your house, you're in a lot of trouble. So uh, Axel was one of five dogs they had on the national team, and he did search warrants all over America. But when he retired, he had a panis, which is autoimmune disease in his eye, megasophagus, which is a large hole in his throat that traps food, uh, severe dermatitis issues, which cause a lot of skin issues, and he ended up having lung cancer. And we were given probably, um, he retired in um, 2017, 
And when we figured all that out, he was only given a few months to live. Well, he went on to live an additional two years later. Wow. We put him on a raw diet. We did all natural supplements, things that cost a lot of money. We're talking between the diet, the all natural supplements and no chemo. We didn't do any chemo. Wow. We're talking between 600 and $800 a month for the last over two years to keep Axel as healthy as he could be until finally his lungs became so filled with the uh, nodules that he just simply could not breathe no more. This is, um, well, people, um, people I'm sure learning about this because this is all new to a lot of people. And it's, um, you're, you're tremendous. You're a warrior. I call it a warrior, um, what you're doing. How can people find you? Where can they reach out? Give us your social and let's get people to, you know, help you out here. Yeah. So one of the biggest things to do is just follow us on social media. We're on every platform as far as uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Project Canine Hero. It's Project, it's, it's the letter K number nine in Hero. Um, on LinkedIn, which is how we're connected, um, Jason Johnson that has Project Canine Hero in my name. We have a great following on there, a very loyal following. Um, as far as getting to our website, it's just projectk9hero.org and it'll have all these things I've talked about. It'll have our shop where you can get items. You can learn about the heroes in our program. You can learn about the capital campaign. You can learn about the Canine Hero Act. You can um, simply make a donation where you can put a note in there who's the donation for. You can sign up for an uh, annual donation, a uh, monthly reoccurring donation, any of those things. Um, you know, if, if one wanted to give to us, that's a, that's a great way. You can learn about our annual report which is uh, a link right at the top of the page okay. where they can get on there and see all the great things we've done in the last year and what we're planning on doing. Yeah, and down at the bottom, we, we have scholarships. Sorry. We have two scholarships we get out every year, one in the state of Michigan and one in the state of Tennessee. And then we um, can you delve in, Can you delve into that a little bit more? I didn't know about that. Sure. What's that about? Sure. So this year we gave out two. One's called the Jody Johnson Memorial Scholarship. Jody is my sister, passed away three years ago this past Saturday. And uh, she grew up in uh, – Michigan went to Lapeer West High School and uh, I was honored to be inducted into the Distinguished uh, Alumni Hall of Fame in, in 2018 there and I said part of my induction speech that I was going to start a scholarship in Jody's name so that's exactly what I did I started a scholarship called the Jody Johnson Memorial Scholarship we give that annually to a high school student from that area who's going off to become a veterinarian or a doctor uh, subsequently we also have one at the University of Tennessee for second year vet med students who are already in uh, vet med school in, in their second year and we have a $2,000 scholarship they're giving back to our home state of Tennessee where our facility is going to be. So both of the links to those applications are open from January 1st to June 1st every year and we select uh, you know the best candidate and sometimes we select two candidates as we did this year uh, and they were very uh, very uh, deserving. I actually I did a live video on our page so if anyone's listening and just wants to see the scholarship ceremony we did the Michigan War Dog Memorial in South Line, Michigan, and it's a live video on our Facebook page. They can always go and watch it. It was a pretty good ceremony. I did not know about that. That's, that's really good stuff right there. Wow. Well, guys, um, I, I really want to just thank you, Jason. I mean, what mm -hmm. you're doing is, you know, very important to our country um, and thank to you. just kindness again. Um, guys, reach out, you know, connect with Jason and see whatever you can he said even five bucks i mean we all you know we all go to starbucks and buy a five dollar coffee every now and then let's help an animal let's help jason's project because i think he's doing the good of the world that we need to see in this day and age and um you know again you you've been phenomenal and thank you so much for taking the time today on our show uh it means the world to us and um 
you know, I'm here to educate about things like this, guys, um, you know, because people don't know about it and share people's stories, shares people's lives and how they're, you know, helping to make better. So, Jason, thanks again. Be well. We will uh, be in touch. And guys, go ahead and, and support this man. He, he needs it and he deserves it. So have a great, great day. And everyone, have a great week. And uh, take care now. Hey, everybody. Dave Markowitz here. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast of Tuesday's Tips. Ned and I understand that you have many options to listen to. And we really appreciate you taking the time today. So if you can, just go ahead and share it with people you know. And again, thanks so much for taking the time today.